is programming, programming control. I'm a businessman, yes, I'm an entrepreneur. Oh, yeah, I'm a businessman, yes, I'm an entrepreneur. Oh, yeah, I'm a businessman, yes, I'm an entrepreneur. Good afternoon, everyone. This is the Business Zone with. Crystal and Coach Gilbert Buchanan, your small business paramedic. And folks, today we're going to wake the town and tell the people <laughs> about an amazing <laughs> leadership program that we're launching today. <laughs> so, co host, how have you been? I have been good. You know, last week I was in Vegas, and so that was pretty awesome. I celebrated my uh, good, good friends' um, renewal of their vials, and we had a phenomenal time. Um, it was hot. I guess we brought the heat back with us. <laughs> but the interesting thing is that um, when I was in Vegas, I didn't really feel hot, which is kind of interesting all by itself, right? It was about, it was 102, 103, 105. But I guess because you're in and out of the, the, uh, the properties, I didn't feel hot. Yes. But boy, oh boy, am I hot today. <laughs> mm -mm -mm. <laughs> so, I hear you. I yeah, hear you. it was it was nice. You know, it's been I had not been to the, obviously Vegas before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And uh wow, it it has grown. There's even more properties there now than it was in 29 before 2019. I think wow. I had been I think I was in Vegas in 20 I think I went to Vegas in 2019, mm -hmm. but there's some new properties there. And I was talking to uh, the Lyft driver that was taking us from place to place. And he indicated that Vegas is back uh -huh. in the last 16 months. Vegas is making about a billion dollars a month. For the last mm -hmm. 16 months straight. So they are back. Everything costs in Vegas. I, Everything. <laughs> I could see that happening, Crystal, because those people in Vegas, they see about 3 million visitors a year. 3 million visitors a year. So with that producing a billion, I get it. I get yeah, it. <laughs> I mean, it's like, okay, Vegas, you you have no, but it's, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, cause the, you know, the lodgings expense, you know, it used to be, you could get a deal, a little deal on, yeah. on lodging. There was yeah. none of that going on. <laughs> there was no food deals, no oh, deals, Lord. no way, man. None, <laughs> none, none, none. So, uh, which I guess is how they got to their billion. Oh, but I, yeah. I, I think it's kind of interesting that the entire world went through the pandemic, but somehow or another, the, um, uh, the world does not think that uh, those of us that are consumers went through the same pandemic that they went through. I, I guess know. they figured we collected money over that time frame. <laughs> We're they're, just sitting on, they're, sitting they're on going, hordes of money. <laughs> they're going, hey, we heard you guys have money trees in your backyard there in California. <laughs> so we want some of that money. <laughs> But oh, but the reason I was there was awesome. My girlfriend and her husband, they renewed their vows and it was beautiful. Uh, they got married in one of the traditional um in one of the traditional um uh Vegas strip uh chapels. Mm 
Uh-huh. Uh, which is an interesting experience all by itself. Uh, but they were beautiful. And uh, so those of us that did not get to uh, participate when they got married 20 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, we were eight, we were there this year. So I want to um, congratulate them and wish them the very best for another 20 years. That's so amazing. so much love. We, That's we experienced. amazing. Yeah, so it was good. We had a, that, I had a good time. That's good, man. That's good. I'm glad you had a good time. You needed a break, though. You need did a break you've been uh, running yeah. ragged you know from class to class to class to class from training to training to tennis to back home to training again <laughs> class to class to class <laughs> yeah you needed a break man. i i did need a break so so it was it was well received and uh and you know i got another break coming up so uh i'm going when, to... when is that next break that next break actually is hey rhonda hey we got miss rhonda, rhonda on here She's watching live on LinkedIn. All right. That's that's the other announcement, everyone. We are now (laughs) streaming live on LinkedIn. So you can go over to LinkedIn and check us out. You can check us out on YouTube and you can go check us out on on Facebook. So that no excuses for anybody. No Uh, excuses for not not seeing (laughs) business zone on a weekly basis. Now, this is your number one business show in Southern California and the Southern southern region of the Mississippi. We (laughs) give you information to help you grow your business, to help you foster, grow, obtain contracts, obtain grants, make sure your financial books are in order. That's what we do here. So, hey, tune in. <laughs> and we got Mr. Gregory Sneed. He's checking us out. Oh, on, he's checking in. <laughs> the court jester. <laughs> the court jester is here. So uh, welcome, guys. Glad to have you. And I am excited. Um, uh, so, yes. Yeah, so I'll be in Egypt. I'm leaving on the uh, 18th of, of this September. month. Of September. Yes. Man, so I'm going to be lonely here, co-host. I know. It's only, it's only going to be a for? week. <laughs> Man, I'm only going for one week. I'll be a back week. A week. week is gonna without Crystal is gonna be like a <laughs> month without Crystal. <laughs> I'm Aww. sure Miss Ronda, Miss Ronda can attest to that, right, Miss that, Ronda? That, that's <laughs> nice. Uh, but I'm going to see my my niece, and I'm excited. And the grandbaby, the grandbaby niece, it's going well to see deserved. her as well. Well deserved. Yeah. So I and this is and you know it's kind of so here's a little bit here's some interesting stuff, right? So usually when you think about going on vacation, you're putting your clothes together. But yeah. I am going to the Middle East, so uh, that's a whole different ball game, right? That's a whole different ball game of hotness. <laughs> so hotness, but you also have to be very modestly attired so yeah. <laughs> uh, that's 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 my challenge right now you can't from what i understand no shoulders can be seen i don't you can show elbows but not shoulders i don't no. know what that's about and uh you you can't show knees so you can go below the knee but you can no, show a little no, bit of leg and ankle no mini skirts <laughs> none of that not that i wear those but it's still a little challenging covering the shoulders which means it's 90 degrees and um, uh, you gotta have everything all covered up so yeah make sure you it. take some ice packs to wear on the <laughs> 
<laughs> All I can say is, Gilbert, the world is not always kind to a woman. <laughs> That's true, man. That's, I, I give you that. That's true. <laughs> Gregor said, no knees on the knee and the Negroes. <laughs> no knees on the Negroes. <laughs> So, oh, he's hilarious man. and so no need so that's that's my upcoming but i'm looking forward to um one visiting egypt and then two uh but my primary reason for going is of course my niece and i haven't seen her and i and i just definitely want to see the baby so well she definitely need to see you because i know deep down in her dna she got that crystal mitchell gene in there <laughs> that radical businesswoman <laughs> entrepreneur boss lady you know, she got well, that she's in her. developing it. She's a little bit different. She's developing. She does want to start a business. Uh, she wants to do an import export on on makeup and cosmetics uh, yeah. to the Middle East. So we'll, yeah. you know, after the baby gets a little older, we'll we'll talk about that. But right now, her primary job is raising her child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get you. I get you. Yeah, that's her primary. Well, you know, the thing is, uh, I know deep down. Uh, being an entrepreneur is always a goal of most because working for the man just isn't cutting it. You know, you cannot get rich working for the man. So therefore, you got to put a plan in place in order to launch your entrepreneurship, go out and get opportunities, get contracts and understanding when you obtain a contract, how to keep those contracts. <laughs> so right. that's what this is going to be about. So even though she may not be ready right now, I'm sure she's thinking about it. And with yeah. your guidance and our guidance here on the business zone, we'll be able to help her out. Exactly. Uh, Greg and I were just talking about that earlier today. I don't know if you um, saw, um, I think we talked about it as well, that uh, the, the B of A uh, uh, announcement that yeah. uh, for, for first time home buyers, they yeah. are going, seems like they're eliminating all challenges and all obstacles. Yeah. Uh, so, so Greg and I were saying it, it really comes down to though is um, where you can buy is really based upon how much money you're making, right? So yes. you're kind of locked in when you work for an an, uh, an employer um, right. to how much money you're going to make. And yes. whereas as one of the benefits of being an entrepreneur is that you literally can. Um, you control how much money you make, right? Because yeah, yeah. based upon the type of work you do and, yeah. and the contracts that you have and, right. and and you can plan and forecast to increase mm -hmm. your revenue. Exactly. Whereas that's that's a little more challenging in the if, if you're, you're an employee in, working for someone. Mm -hmm. yeah. And not that we saying guys that being an employee is not, you know, there's anything wrong with it, but it does have some limitations to it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> If you if you want flexibility uh, to uh, to determine how much revenues you make within your your business, uh, entrepreneurship is definitely the way to go. But, you know, no one is saying to just jump out there and become an entrepreneur because it doesn't work like that. You mm -hmm. want to write. You want to make sure you study the process, get people involved, people who understand that, like us here on the business zone. You know, Crystal has over 20 years of experience. I got over 20. I'll say exactly how much I got. I got 30 years. I know, I know Crystal, <laughs> Crystal, Crystal don't want me to, to say how long she's been around. No, so. I, 30 years. I started young, Gilbert. I oh, okay. You, st you started at seven, right? 
<laughs> a prodigy, <laughs> like 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 our little uh, entrepreneur um, uh, Anthony Balazar that was on a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, you know, young man, ten years old, and he's already uh, heading toward his multi million dollars in twelve years. He's gonna yeah. be a multi millionaire in twelve years. So. Oh yes, which is a, it's an amazing uh, our 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 um. A uh, field reporter, Mr. Greg Sneed, said uh, that's why everyone needs to tune into the business zone so they can have their own business. And he said, now, if you can make over 200 grand a year as an employee, go for it. But otherwise, okay. tune into the business zone so right. we can guide you and how to become an efficient and, and effective entrepreneur. Right. And I'd even say if you even if you are making that 200 grand, there's no guarantees that it'd be lifetime. So I say have your thing, your your side business on the side, getting you ready just in case yeah. there's some uh some layoffs, which is, you know, things happen right in, in the business world that you have no control over uh, uh, in um, in your work world that you have no control over. But here. Yeah. But in your own, you can do what you need to do. So uh, just just something, you know, food for thought, you know, yeah. can never have enough money, can never have. Um, but and you can never have enough control over your own life. That's what I say. That's true. That's true. Yeah, you you need to you need to do that. So, guys, um, we just we're going to give you guys some input today. You know, Gilbert, um, how, first of all, before we jump into our topic, how was your week? Oh, my week has been crazy busy, crazy busy. I just uh, launched a new contract with a company from out of state, and uh, they're working on the LAX Links project, which is a huge okay. project. Yeah, the, the automatic people mover project. Yeah, so, I saw a lot of our political uh, leadership was uh, taking rides on, yeah. on the metro this week, so I guess they're getting ready. Yeah. So that's the project. And uh, these guys, they've gotten, you know, uh, large, a large contract on it. Let's say probably about 20 million. <laughs> so Ooh, wow. that's pretty big. That's, so that's they impressive. Brought, yeah. <laughs> so they brought me in to, to help them out with labor compliance and con, uh, labor compliance and uh, certified payroll. So I'm helping them, you know, to uh, determine the paperwork, what needs to be done, the reporting, all of that. Uh, make sure all the T's are crossed, all the I's are dotted. So I've been pretty busy with that, onboarding them, getting them set up, write paperwork, what they need to do, what step to follow, uh, connecting with the, the California Department of Industrial Relations, because that's that's whom determined the prevailing wage, the director of the 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 uh, the, the DIR is the one who determined prevailing wage. So we have to go through, make sure the most recent prevailing wage is being applied on the project. So all of that. So audits and oh. all of those things. Yeah. So all of oh, those okay. things cool, need to be done. Cool, cool, well, uh, So how, uh, what's the ETA or the final um, completion for the people mover? Do you know? I, I'm thinking this project is going to go for another two to three years from what I understand. So, okay. uh, yeah. So um, these guys, these guys are. Uh, they're pretty entrenched in it. And not only do they have to do cert uh, certified payroll and labor compliance, but they also have to do uh, local worker hiring. So they have to include local workers on their projects and they got to put a, together a plan. So I helped them wrote a plan for that uh, as okay. to you know, how many local workers they're going to include 
on their project and where they're going to come from, what they're going to do, how, how it's going to work, how they're going to measure it. So it was amazing. You know, it was amazing. Okay. All right. Now, what's the difference just for our audience purpose? What's the difference between regular pay and, and, and prevailing regular wages versus prevailing wages? So regular wages, as you know, recently the city state that, um, uh, uh the, the regular wage is going to be about $16 an hour, right? That That's okay. for folks. Uh, so they increase the, the minimum wage. So prevailing wage is above minimum wage. So what they do is they look at the wage uh, in, a, in a certain region. So mm -hmm. uh, they look at a certain, dis, a certain mile radius and they look at what's being paid to contractors at, for the type of work that's being performed. And including unions and what union requirements are, fringes and fringe benefits and all of those things. And then they establish a wage rate, a basic wage rate. So okay. the base the basic wage plus the fringe benefits give you your total rate, wait wage. So okay. that's what that is. So, like for example, uh um a level three, a group three, there, there are five groups. You got group one, group two, three, four, five. Okay. So a group three laborer, right? would get like, um, I think it's $38.53. That's the basic wage. And then you okay. add, yeah, then you add training fund, you add uh, health and welfare, you had uh, uh, pension and a few other things. So that brings it up to uh, $63.13. So that's going to be, yeah. So that's wow. going to be the hourly wage right there, 63 and 13. You know, so that times 40 hours a week, you know, you can figure out what that wage is going to be. But at the same time, they 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 deduct the, the fringe benefits, which is the ones I just talked to you about health and welfare and all of that. And, oh, okay. they, and if they're part of the union, they pay union dues as well. So that's oh. what that is. So many employers on these projects, they don't pay prevailing wage. They pay less than that. So then, you know, people like myself and others, we got to monitor those things and make sure that these guys are doing what they're supposed to do. Because it's very easy for a big employer to say, oops, we made a mistake. I'm so sorry. After they've been, <laughs> <laughs> after, after they've been paying them, after they've been paying them. So Greg so says. Greg well, said, so well, for those that can't calculate as fast as the Mr. Financial Literacy guy, that's $2,400 a week. Yeah, $2,400 a week, right. Yeah. There you go. So, so you've got many of these big employers. They know they're breaking the rules, but they act like they don't know because they're looking at this, hey, if I underpay this worker and then I get penalized, the penalty won't be as much as what I shortchange my the employer. You see what I'm saying? So they're oh. willing to break the rules. Okay. So that's why we need a DIR, Department of Industrial Relations and others to, to up the fine, to make the fine uh, twice or three times the, the so, amount. So, so there's a... Yeah. So they're okay. deterred and they won't they, they won't be encouraged to just like with insurance company. When yeah. you file a claim with an insurance company, right? Yes. It, it, what they do is they look at the law of, of, of probability. They say, okay, if if we have a hundred claims this year, we're gonna reject all of them. Mm -hmm. Chan chances are maybe 20% of those will refile the claim. 
So mm. now you got 20 of the 100 is refiling. They're rejected again. And mm. then maybe out of that, you'll have five of that 20 refile again for a third time. Then those five, they'll pay those five claims. And then the other 95, they don't pay it. So they still make out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, I mean? exactly. So that's how these guys work. So that's why we got to be vigilant and watching these guys and make sure they're paying prevailing wage. So that's part of what my process was this week. <laughs> ah, okay. That's pretty intense. <laughs> Payroll's always pretty. And as Greg says, so 2400 a week, and that uh, uh, equates to 120000 Now you can buy a house. Now you can buy a house, right? In LA. <laughs> <laughs> You can qualify to stay in LA as opposed to being thrown out in the boonies. <laughs> so, guys, you got to really think about that. You know, there are opportunities out there uh, for you. You just have to prepare yourself so yep. that your yep. you or your business and your employees are better uh, prepared for living in uh, uh, in America today. <laughs> and, and that's why that's why we on the business zone. We're trying to make sure we prepare you guys. We inform you, we guide you, and try to protect you so you don't make any errors, any mistakes out there, get taken advantage of by many of these employers or contract providers. You need to know your rights and you need to be ready. And that's kind of what we try to do here is to make sure you understand how to become ready, what you need to do. We're turning your no's, your business no's into yeses. That's what we do here on the show. Turn your business no into yeses. That means a business no would be, oh, don't have my, my business license. Well, got to get it. Don't have my Dun & Bradstreet number. Got to get it. Don't have my article of incorporation. If I'm a corporation, you got to get it. You know, th th some of those, those are some of the no's that businesses are operating with. So we work with you to try to turn those business no's into yeses. So now you're ready. Now you can go after these contracts and start getting, like Greg says, 120 grand a year <laughs> right. and we and and and, and to be business ready because that's so yes. important to be business yes. ready so many businesses so you know and we know we 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 are very much aware that after during the pandemic that was mm -hmm. a major challenge for most yes. of our businesses so i think um i know with the coaching that i'm doing today versus mm -hmm. the coaching that i was doing um in 2019 it's on a mm -hmm. different level these these businesses are ready yeah. they are looking to grow and 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 learn how to be better business owners uh last night rodinda um uh, had a mastermind group and so i i tapped in and uh they were eager they were mm -hmm. eager to learn from mm -hmm. me uh what they needed to do in order to um to uh to run their the financial part of their business to make right. sure their financial uh, structure was sound right and that um they 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 knew all of the opportunities and they knew the what they needed to do in order to make sure that they were ready for any operation. So, you know, I talked to them, you know, as we all have talked about being mm -hmm. business ready and right. bank loan ready and contract ready and how you go about doing it. So, yes. you know, and once you master that, then success is really on the horizon for you. And the key thing, uh, what we, we advocate here on the business zone folks is we it's it's good to to do transactional business where you do one business today with one one yeah. client or customer you do another one but you're not even sure if they're going to come back tomorrow next week or next month 
That's transactional right. business. We want you to think of doing contractual business. So if you get a contract for a year at 300000 now you know there's $300,000 that you can now use to budget, to run your business. You can hire people based on that budget because you know you're anticipating that $300,000. You can even right. do some investments out of that. But when you do transactional business, you don't know where the money is coming from and when it's coming. So you can't really budget. You can't really make plans that way. So these are the types of things we want to do here. Contractual business, you know, get a one-year, three-year, five-year contract for your business and get a few of those contracts. I'm telling you, you right, will be exactly. growing in no time. Right. And, and you don't have to worry about what's happening. You know, when we talk about inflationary periods, you can kind of master, you know, because there are certain industries that are affected by the inflation and there are other industries that are not that are yes. not affected. We talked about that. Yes. What are those refer, um, those recession-proof businesses, right? Yep. And inflation-proof yep. businesses. And what do you need to do in order to make sure that your business is, is ready? So that's what we talk about on the Business Zone. And so you guys just need to tune in every Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock. And we're going to ask you to go over to our YouTube channel and, and click the subscribe button so that you will be notified every week when we're on. And make sure you like the episode. If you if you get something, as there's some something that you get and can take away from the episodes, then make sure you click that uh, and and hit that little like button so that we'll know uh, that you're bringing we're bringing you content that is being uh, that is helpful to you growing and, your business. And just as my co-host Crystal Mitchell uh, was talking right now, I got an alert right now. Uh, there's a new bid opportunity that's coming in with the Long Beach Unified School District, and they'll be looking for contractors for, to perform some work. So that's what we talk about, guys. We have contract opportunity coming in every day. We've got a, a system here, a back office platform with hundreds of thousands of contracts and grant opportunities in it that you guys can tap into and you can really go out there and start growing your business now being an entrepreneur is a scary thing so a lot of people are afraid it's like not knowing how to swim and someone <laughs> someone <laughs> take you to the pool and push you Throw in, you in. <laughs> and go swim and you go oh no, i don't know how to do it right it's the same thing with entrepreneurship but having coaches professional super coaches like coach crystal and myself coach gilbert buchanan we can help you guys when you jump into that water we'll jump in with you and we'll guide you so you don't have to struggle and drown <laughs> exactly and we got a team of colleagues that are out there as well that we, yes we will refer you over depending on what you need <laughs> and how you need it we're there for you so there you go so and gilbert we, We've we've got our up to the minute reporter, Mr. Greg Sneed, out there too, who can help you. He said, "Tossons, what's Tossons?" <laughs> yeah, Greg is our financial literacy guy, so it's all about the money, dude. You you know, and to be successful in this world, when we look at businesses that have you know came uh, that launched you know two, three, four, five years ago, and they're already at that multi million dollar level, that's because they had systems in place yeah. that's because they were doing they were business ready and in addition to that they were um 
in addition contract to that, credit. they were they were contracts and they're getting contracts. They're not doing transitional business. They're yep. doing contractual business. And so yep. um, and that and that so now they can make better decisions. So, Gilbert, are you ready to jump on into our conversation? We are ready today. And today, guys, just like I said, we're talking about leadership today. Leadership is a big component of running your business, managing your business, interfacing with different organizations, different resource providers, different affiliates. So we're going to talk about leadership today how it may help you to grow your business or it could kill your business if you don't know what you're doing. (laughs) Right, exactly. And when we look at the world today, and this is the reason I thought this was a good uh, topic, because one, we're in an election season uh, right right now. And every time you turn the television, uh, you are seeing uh, indicators of what happens when you don't have a good leader. Um, and, and we went through a time frame there where we had a very questionable leader running our country. Um, but leadership around the world is being affected. And we were able to see not only our small businesses flaws during the pandemic, we also have witnessed some of our uh, big corporations based upon the leadership of their organizations and their businesses. We got to see some of their flaws. And post pandemic, we are seeing a lot of their flaws. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, oh, yeah. and so this is not just affecting just the everybody, uh, you know, just a small portion of people. The um, there's there's common ch- uh, challenges that are going around for for our world leaders, and so we have had we know what a good leader looks like because we've seen it, right? Um, yeah. um, even in our own individual worlds, I've worked for when I was working for corporate America, I've worked for companies that the 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 leader was on point, and you and the result of the business being successful was based upon their ability to lead their company to success, right? And and the thing about that also, Coach Crystal, the thing is many folks who call themselves leaders, they really don't understand the true dynamics, you know, what's the tenets are to be uh, an effective leader. You know, you got to look at leadership from a 360 degree approach, 360 degrees. You're looking at every aspect within the organization and within yourself, also within the community and your stakeholders and shareholders that you serve, you know, so you got to look at time management, you know, prioritization, you know, strategic thinking, decision making, and getting up to speed with the job to be much more effective, understanding your, your team members, you know, what they're about. Each person has different qualities, different style, different approaches. Exactly, exactly. And and really understanding. So in this world today, um, you know, we're not doing 1950 business anymore, right? No, it, it, no. We, we have a lot more, there are a lot more moving parts in today. Yeah. And so um, you as a leader have to be consistently growing and developing your own leadership skills to deal with the, what we're dealing with today. So, yeah. you know, some of our big issues right now is, you know, leaders trying to, um, figure out how to deal with remote remote business right yeah, remote yeah. being able to manage your and inspire 
your employees, even though mm-hmm. they're not sitting right there in the office with you, right? Yeah, and yeah. I think as a leader, you don't have to have them sitting up underneath you to be a great leader. Right, right. And see, this is part of what's so effective about uh, understanding leadership, because that part of the leadership is considered situational leadership. So you lead based on the situation, based on whatever situation you're presented, you need to have skills uh, to hone certain skills that would help you to be an effective leader, bring about results, bring about uh, stabilization within the organization and the group, and thrive for success. So, you know, like what Coach Crystal is saying that, you know, during the pandemic, folks had to work from home. Some leader were confused. They didn't know what to do. You know, they're thinking, oh, my God. Folks are at home. They're wasting time. <laughs> they're not producing. Because I can't see them. I, don't I know can't what they see do. them. <laughs> you know, studies have shown, and when I was doing my um, my graduate studies, when I was doing my graduate study, we did a lot of experiments, a lot of exercises, and we did some research and studies. And we found out that most of the times, workers who work remotely, especially from home, they tend to be more productive than the folks in the office because they're thinking just like many of these leaders are thinking, they're thinking that they think we're goofing off at home. They think we're not doing anything. So they make sure they overcompensate. They do more work. They work longer hours just to prove to management that they're actually producing. I remember we got Coach Crystal. I remember we did an exercise at LA Community uh, LA Community College District. You know when okay. I was there, uh, helping them uh, with some consulting work. Okay. I remember they have us work from home. They asked some of us, you know, how many people want to work from home, and you know, a lot of us say yes, we want to work from home. I think they were trying to do an exercise to see okay. who was producing or not. Right. What they found out is that most of us who work from home were much more productive than the ones who are in the office. Because think about it, Crystal. Like you and I, we talked about this before. Think about it. When you go in the office, what's the first thing you do when you get to work? You go get some coffee. You go get your coffee, right? <laughs> and you hang around the lunchroom. You and hang you around. Yeah, and, you and, talk to people. Hey, how was your weekend? You know, how was your dog? You know, all right. Like, you, you, and you take the long way around the office so you can yeah. say hello to everybody. Yeah. And then you get back to your desk and then you work for a little while. Yeah. And, and, and you make some phone calls. And if it's Monday morning, you check your email, you do all that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> 10 o'clock, the law says that you have to take a 10 minute break right so you get up from your 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 tent and go back and do your same process get your coffee go get your snack whatever that is do something personal for that 10 minutes now if you've been at a company and this is my experience if you've been at a company longer than 10 15 years that that no 10 minute break (laughs) (laughs) it tends to be close to half an hour to an hour right right? exactly you find some excuses and then if somebody's checking in on you you throw in some work questions or some work stuff and then you mosey back around right so now your 10 minute break has been another 10 15 minutes maybe 20 minutes at max then you come back and you work for a little while it's 12 o'clock where's it time to go it's time to go to lunch so now i go off to my lunch and i'm gone for an hour or so depending on how long i've been at a company 
And then I come back and I work for a little bit more, check my email, do all that sort of stuff. Because, you know, things have happened since Mm -hmm. I went to lunch. (laughs) Then I come back and at three o'clock, the law says I got to take another 10 minute break. So, so you're not even there long enough. You got to take another break. You got to take another 10 minute break because the law says that you have to do that. And if I don't do that, then the federal government is going to penalize me three to five times more than if I had done what I was supposed to do. So now uh, you got to take that break. And then from there, you go back to work after your little break and you come back and somewhere about 4.15, 4.30, your work stops because yeah. now <laughs> you got to get ready for the next day. So you got to check more emails. No. You got to <laughs> clean off your desk. You got to do all of that. So in actuality, you're getting six hours of work. <laughs> <laughs> so in the meantime, the employer is suffering because he's not getting a full eight hours out of each of these employees if they're indulging in this kind of behavior you know while if you're at home you're going oh my god you know i gotta i gotta convince them that i really did some work today you know you're making calls you're doing reports you're doing projects you're documenting it so you can prove to them that you actually did something exactly (laughs) and in most cases i know for me i'm most productive so when you do remote work, you're not necessarily saying you're working, all your work is taking place in those hours because, yeah. you know, it's kind of a more flexible hybrid type of environment, right? Yeah. So for me, I'm most creative at nighttime Yeah. when there's no phone calls coming in. I'm not having to read emails, things that are distracting me from getting my work done. Right. Um, so I am, I can get a whole bunch done at, you know, between the hours of nine and 12, you know, I'm like on fire at that point. And mm-hmm. so I get a little, and I can multitask and do all that. Yeah. But not, you know, for some people, I mean, obviously there are some jobs, <laughs> I know junkie, uh, I, um, <laughs> For some jobs, obviously, if you're working in manufacturing, things like that, you have to be at uh, at your office. But, you know, leaders today have to be able to uh, deal with whatever the situation is. Right. You just uh, you we we are in a new world. And on top of that, we've been working for to being a global uh, connected uh, world. Right. Working and doing business with people all over the world. So. Right. You can't have it both ways. You can't have, you know, let me monitor every micromanage everything that my employee is doing. And then at the same time, let's go do some global business. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. So. And that's what we're examining these 10 essential leadership qualities that, you know, effective leaders need to have. And we're um, we're comparing it with some of the leaders that most of us know. You know, like some of these guys that we're looking at here on the screen right now. Yeah, and 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 some others, and 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 there are different types of leaders. You know, you have leaders that are you know political leaders. You have uh, uh, innovative, disruptive leaders like Steve Jobs. You have environmental young people. This young lady, yeah. Greta, is she's you know she's changing the world, making the world better, a better yeah. place. Uh, and making the planet a better place. Yeah, you have your char, you know, your financial leaders. Uh, you have your um, your you know. Yeah, uh, Malala, Malala is one of those Indian young Indian girls. I think she was either thirteen or fourteen when she got shot 
by uh, was it the Taliban or one of those guys? They actually uh, threw acid in her face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was acid was thrown in her face. I'll, I'll change, move the because they didn't like the fact that she was speaking about their uh, against their oppressive system. Right, for on, women. on women, yeah. Mm -hmm. So right. they thought she should shut up and go sit in the corner. So they tried to do everything they could to shut her up, but she, she, uh, she prevailed. And and it's interesting. Yeah, she prevailed, and it's yeah. interesting because when we even here in America, it's yeah, you know, women are a major part of the power system, right? Right. Yeah. And we have that ability to inspire, which is what leaders do. They are inspire people, they right. empower people. Mm -hmm. Um they they lead through challenges. They they right. share their vision. Mm -hmm. And even here in America, we know what happens in third world countries when it comes to women in business and 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 biz women uh outside of the home but yeah. here in america they're trying to shove women back into a box right um to not be seen or heard mm -hmm. i heard something interesting i was watching a program this week gilbert and yeah. um uh that 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 was a conversation that they were having is why is uh the why why are women not in more powerful positions. And so um, this one man, his take on it was that women, it, it was a, it was a scene in the, in the, in the, in the, in the show I was watching. Mm -hmm. And uh, this woman who was running for president, it was uh, at, you know, uh, it, it, uh, this woman was running for president and this, this politician or this senator was just dead set against it, fearing that women should not be in that place of power, that uh, with a woman in command, he felt that the country, she would not be led the way she should be led. And so the woman's wow. like, wait a minute, the country is a she, but me as a woman, I can't leave the country. And so she was asking her husband, why was that? She didn't understand that. And he says, because the woman is the cradle of, of, of the world. She's the mm -hmm. one that gives birth to the people, the man, right? The yeah. man or woman. She's been yeah. given that ability to give to give birth. And so she's very powerful in that in that nature. And she provides and, nurturing. And nurturing. Yeah. And yeah. and so there is a fear. Yeah. There is a fear to have a woman as a president because the men feel she'll be much more powerful than they are. But well, we've seen women in leadership positions all over the world, right? Yes. You know, we remember right back we went to Maggie Maggie Thatcher in England. Yes. You know, she led, and then I think there's a a, a I think there's a woman in New Zealand as well right now who New is New Zealand. Uh, yeah. India has had a women a woman a female president. The United yeah. States is the one uh, uh, behind this backwards man, and yeah. so uh, it's going to be interesting because you know the. It, as as innovative and forward thinking as America is, that yeah. one area I think is right. the area where they choose to still stay in medieval times, yeah. and that is having women in powerful positions to lead. I personally think this country needs to have a woman president. You know, the way I look at it, uh, Coach Crystal, is this: when you run a team. 
like an organization, each person on your team has a role. You've got, they call role players. So mm -hmm. each person plays just like a basketball team. On a basketball team, you got five members and each one of them has a certain role. So that's the way leadership should uh, uh, operate and that they understand that the people that they have on their team, in their, in their circle, each person is playing a role. So if one person can inspire, one person can help to develop others, one person can, um, can train and develop, all of those types of things. One can negotiate. Those are the types of people you want to use on your team to go out and make your organization much stronger, much better, and, and, and uh, establish itself in the marketplace. Right. You know, so so many leaders, they think about themselves that they should be the only person making decisions. And it doesn't work that way. I remember, Crystal, when I work at the mayor's the mayor's office, city of Los Angeles, we know the mayor is a leader. We know he's in charge. You know, mm -hmm. that's his gig. He makes yeah. decisions, but he has us as role players and we go out and we do things in the community on his behalf. You mm. see what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. he, empower, he empowers us to do those things. He's not going to be out there doing community outreach and all of that unless it's a certain event or certain activity. But he has us going out there. When he's speaking, we we, we wrote his, his talking points for it. So right. the talking points that develop, we develop that because we are there in the community. We know what's going on, you know? And, and we write that in the speech. So when he speaks, he's speaking to that so he can identify with the people in the community. So exactly. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And, and you, and as a, and, and that's some of the things that, uh, when it, when we talk about the, the, the challenges that leaders have suffered around the world, that's some of them. One is what you talked about horning in on your effectiveness and how you do, mm -hmm. um, uh, but le being able to lead a team, but more importantly than that, being able to develop your employees so that yeah. they're speaking and operating on your behalf that yeah. they're representing you because yes. you the leader can't be every place right right so right. being able to develop that particular uh individual or individuals yeah. that continue to carry out your message because in a business we can't do this alone Right. No, you can't no. wear all the hats. You have no. to have a team that's behind you, but you have to empower that team. Yes. And each person on the team has a role to play. And that's where coaching and mentoring come into play, because when you're coaching and mentoring someone, first, you got to understand their propensity. What are they geared to do? You know, what can they do? Where are their strengths, their weaknesses? How can they present the, the resources and the welfare of this team based on the vision that's developed for the team? So when you're coaching folks, you want to coach to their weaknesses and as well as their strengths. When you're right. mentoring folks, you want to mentor to their weakness and their strengths because a lot of those weaknesses, you can help them to develop it and turn it into a strength. Exactly. You want to be able to help them turn that into a strength because it, you're, it's going to benefit the whole organization if that's the case. Yes. You're you're only as good as your team. Yes. Yes. Right. 
Yes. So even when those of us that uh, partner and collaborate with everyone else, with other individuals or other colleagues, we're only as good as our team. Yes. Right? Because and, and, we make each other look good. And that's why you see many leaders, they they give props, they give thanks and 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 respects to their supporters and said, hey, you know what? Couldn't have done this without you. You know, you worked you worked your butt to the bone just to make sure this happened. And we really appreciate you. Because again, the leader can't be in multiple places at once, you know. So that leader is going to be in certain places and his role players are going to be in other places trying to get things done. And that's why, you know, having this 360 degree approach in leadership is so critical and folks need to understand that. Now, some people say leaders, leaders are born. Some say leaders are developed. I think it's a combination of both. Mm, I agree. Because, you know, uh, some you have different style of leadership. We've talked about it on this show. You know, you've got the autocratic leadership that, you know, they don't listen to anyone. They just want to do things their own way. Then you've mm -hmm. got the, the democratic leadership that listens to everyone and, and try to include their their vision, their, their, their um, support, their voices in the decision making process even though sometimes that may not be appropriate for certain situation. That's why you go to the situational leadership where you lead based on the situation in front of you. You know, yeah. you, you're, you remember, you remember, um, uh, what's the name of that, that flood, that horrible flood down in new Orleans, Katrina, oh, uh, Katrina. Right? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. that was a lead uh, the situational leadership moment. You see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because many leaders have never experienced that type of thing before, you right. know. And I and, got one even better than that. The, yes. the, the shooting of the 19 kids in Texas. Yes. What yes. the heck happened to what and, and, yeah, the leader? He yes. was supposed to be protecting the children. Right. And, and, and he wasn't. And yeah. so his team did yeah. not do their job because the leader did not lead his team exactly. to do their job. <laughs> and they're, they're waiting to see what that leader is going to do. <laughs> right. And so consequently, so with that being said, ineffective leadership can be disastrous for yes. an organization and for yes. a company because yes. that's your role. That's what mm -hmm. you're supposed to be doing is making sure you're connecting with your team as, as, as uh, Greg uh, said here, <laughs> You have to be able to correct with, connect with your team yeah. and your key team has to be able to uh, feel that you can carry them to safety. Right. I mean, yeah. just imagine if the military operated like that, that uh, leader did in, in Texas. We yeah. would have, I mean, the whole the whole platoon exactly. would have been lost. <laughs> they, they would say, hey, I'm not going out there. You go out there, you know? Right, exactly. And that level of respect, man, is, is very crucial. It's very key. And, and recognizing people's uh, skills and, and strengths and weaknesses. That's why, uh, Coach Crystal, when we do that exercise, knowing your personnel, that knowing your personnel exercise that we do, that's why mm -hmm. that's so critical because you know that folks fall into at least four of those categories, right? So you got to find out which one of those categories works best for them. And then you help build them accordingly. Now, there are areas there where there might be weak in, and you can still work with them to get there. 
You know, they may not fully develop those areas, but at least they'll strengthen it a little bit so that the team can perform much better. Exactly. Uh, so, we, so guys, um, there are some very uh, today in this world today, based upon where we are uh, in 2022. One of the things that I think that um, uh, from a leadership standpoint is demanding that you have a more human approach, right? Yeah. Because the world is, um, yeah, a good leader must have vision. Uh, so, with that in order to be able to develop that human approach, that means we have to have a new leadership strategy, right? Mm -hmm. That we can really um, uh, uh, guide our teams and our organizations to the vision that we've established and that everybody's on the same page. You gotta mm -hmm. be on the same page. You can't have right. folks going all willy nilly in every different direction. Right. Um, and, and thinking that you're going to get to uh, that 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 successful point. So we're looking at times where everything is disrupted. You know, we got a whole thing. You know, like like right now, I, I find it very interesting that the the country, half the country, was accepting accepting of the poor leadership skills that was that was um demonstrated with the previous president, former president, but they're so critical of the skills of the current president. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The current president, the former president, I mean, operated completely for self. Right, right. <laughs> Could care less about the country. <laughs> it's all about him. <laughs> see, this this ties into the next point about managing stakeholders, because uh, as a leader, you're operating in concert with your stakeholders and your stakeholders could depending on the the, the leadership model you're in so if you're a for-profit you know your stakeholders are probably going to be your investors your shareholders uh board of directors you know those mm -hmm. types of folks and also your employees to me are considered stakeholders you know people in the community your customers those are stakeholders because if mm -hmm. your customers stop purchasing from you then there's no need for you anymore because your revenues are going to go down and you're going to be out of a, of a job. So right. you got to manage from the stakeholder standpoint where you understand what challenges are there, what type of relationships you need to develop. And many of these leaders operate from a, po a political standpoint, you know, yeah. they do politics. But if you're doing politics where, you know, most of the stakeholders can benefit. Yeah. Then that's good. But just remember that the next time around, your politics should be geared towards satisfying the other stakeholders that you left out the last time around, you know? So yeah. those are the types of things that they need to look at, you know? The image in their work environment is crucial. In order for you to tell someone, follow me, follow me up this mountain. It's mm -hmm. a very high mountain. You don't know how to climb. You're afraid of heights but I want you to follow me because I'm going to do this, this, and this, and this. Right. You got to have a certain character for that person to really believe in you and want to follow you up there. You know, how do you influence them? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, even, even uh, as, as business coaches, Gilbert, I mean, we have to establish a certain uh, uh, presence so that the, the individuals that we're coaching will follow 
the instructions or the guidance or the suggestions or the recommendations that we're getting giving them but right. our previous uh performance plays a great part in that right it they does. have to be able to see that there there were some results that were right. um uh, for others that we've coached prior to them right. and they have to feel confident that right. we know what we're talking about right right that nice. you can definitely address their needs and make them feel like they want to follow you. Right, right. So as coaches, you can't just have a canned delivery of a, a, a delivery of a presentation, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. You can't. Is you know, I don't care what business you're in or what you, yeah. where you are in life. This right. is the same recommendation and suggestion I make for everybody. It's a blanket yeah. bulk uh, delivery. No, it's got to be based upon an individual. <laughs> and, and your 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 supporters can tell real quickly if you're reading from something or if you know what the heck you're talking about. They can tell. They right, can really, exactly. really tell because they see the passion. They they see you know the enthusiasm you put into what you're saying. It's coming from the heart. You know, instead of reading some things from some paper and, you know, I'm not really against academics and all of that, but I've seen in our space, Crystal, in our space where we work with small businesses, we work with economic development agencies. I've seen where a lot of professors who have been in the educational institution arena for multiple years, you know, mm -hmm. uh, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years, who never really owned a business, but mm -hmm. they're telling business owners how to operate, what to do, because they've read it in a book or they wrote it in a book. They've seen some theories in a book. You know, that part of that may help, but you got to have that actual hands-on experience where you're down there in the trenches as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, like some of these guys to tell them what's going on. For example, many academics who are teaching entrepreneurship, they may want to have classes on a Friday for a business, for a small business. <laughs> on a Friday is the last day of the week that any entrepreneur want to go sit in any classes because that's the day you go collect your money. That's right. when you make sure all your, your invoices are paid. Make sure all the, the, the deals that you have on the table is being uh, honored and, 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 and settled. So come Monday morning, you can start anew. You right. know, so so many of these guys are, oh, let's have a let's have a class on Friday. We'll do it Friday morning at eleven o'clock or at <laughs> nine o'clock. <laughs> and and when people don't show up, they're wondering why why aren't they showing up? I'm here to help right, them. Right, right. You well, have to understand, you gotta receive them where they are. If that's yes, what you're doing, you gotta receive yes. them as, as as they are. So so that means you have to be connected to the people that you're leading or in our cases it's people that you're 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 advising um or, or coaching um because yes. um or the same time with a monday morning exactly right let's do yeah. it nine o'clock in the morning uh for an entrepreneur <laughs> not not happening <laughs> not happening um no one of the things that i always um when i especially when i'm talking to to aspiring new entrepreneurs, Gilbert, always yeah. let them know that it's really important that you do work for a corporation 
preferably in the industry that you're going into. So, and that this corporation, when you selected it, it was with a strategic plan to see how this very successful business in the industry that you're going in, how they operate on a daily basis, how they make their decisions, how they mm-hmm. uh, um, acquire customers, what's their acquisition model, right? What's the mm-hmm. business model? What's the yeah. financial model? So, mm-hmm. and then you go in with copious notes and you duplicate, if it's successful, then yeah. you duplicate that in your business and you yeah. take heed at how they interact with challenge and, 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 yeah. and, and, and failures because businesses fail and how, mm-hmm. how what's their uh, uh, comeback rate, right? What, what, how yeah. are they handling that? Because now when you get into your business, you will have some tools that will help you lead yourself out of whatever situation you happen to be in. That's my right. one of my biggest recommend that my first recommendation when individuals yeah. saying, I want to, I'm going into my own business. Okay. That's good. But let's work in, in a company that is similar to the business that you're going in. Don't just yeah. jump out there thinking that it's going to work and that from the outside, it looks uh, easy because it's not. Right. Right, right. It's not. It's not at all. Uh, you, you it, it requires having a strategy and re, uh, doing your due diligence and doing your research in companies that are functioning uh, similar to yours. And there are no new businesses out there. There's just the, right. uh, a new take on a business idea. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Right. Because that all these ideas have been approached before in one way or not one form or another and mm-hmm. it's just been rejuvenated you know to uh to speak to something different this time around exactly exactly so one of the things one of the things coach crystal that i also want to put out there when we talk about leadership having reverend power is very very important and i say this over and over again reverend power reverend power means that you have the ability to convince someone to do something that they really don't want to do or never thought of doing but they said for you i will because you are my leader and i believe in you right there are a few leaders in this country that hold that power well, yeah. we knew we we know that uh, you know Reverend Mar- Martin Luther King was one of those. Right. You know, he made people follow him no matter what, wherever. You know, even against their own will, they're against their family wishes. They'll follow them because they believe in them. They believe right. in the mission, exactly. the vision, and what he had to offer, and how he also look after them. You know, he'll he'll want to know how are you doing today, how's your family, you know, what's going on, and if there's things that they need. You know, he'll make uh, uh, make it available for them or give them access to it. So leaders, those are some of the types of things that get leaders to convince others to follow in their footsteps. You know, how many yeah. leaders, you know, said, you know, I really would like you to work overtime tonight. And you go, ah, I got to go home and take care of my family. But because of their reverend power and their ability, they've, they've demonstrated in the past before they care about you, and they'll, they'll do things for you. You will make that sacrifice. You'll call home and say, you know what? I'm going to be a little late. I need to do something extra for my boss, my leader. 
and this is what's going to happen. I'll be home two hours later, and yeah. you'll make that. You'll make that sacrifice. Right. Those are the types. Those are the types of leaders we want to see more of. And then that same leader will recognize that you made that sacrifice. And uh, for the companies that I that that I have fond memories of, if I made a sacrifice, they in turn recognize that sacrifice, and they they you know they rewarded you in another at another time, right? They made sure that one you that you knew that they appreciated the sacrifice that you made, and yeah. two, uh, they rewarded you for yeah. that sacrifice as well. And right. so because it requires that, so I think in when we look at today, you know, as we're you know going to wrap up our 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 our, our class and session today is yeah. you know, some of the key factors um, in re redesigning or reimagining your leadership uh, strategies is that one you we have to always be in a place uh, to sharpen our leadership skills. We can't assume that the skills we use when we first got into business is the same skills that we use today because life right. is different. So we need right. to do, uh, uh, like we always tell our clients to do a SWOT analysis, right? Of yeah. their business. You yeah. need to do an assessment and a SWOT analysis of yourself as a Up leader. Yourself. Exactly. Right? Your strengths, your weaknesses, uh, the opportunities that are presented for you and how you're going to embrace those for on behalf of the people that you're leading, as mm -hmm. well as the threats that right. could be looming on the horizon. So doing a self-assessment. And, and then what what recommendations you need to make or to be or to recognize that you need to do in order to improve because the one thing is what you're going to do is you're going to you're going to look at your strength as it is can you strengthen that some more you're going to look at your weakness as it is can i turn convert some of those into a strength you're going to look at the threats what threats are out there now we need to mitigate those threats or minimize them neutralize them so they don't become threats serious threats anymore to the organization or to yourself so those are the things leaders do and those things pop up every day so not because we put together a swap analysis and we say okay we, we've got these strengths you know these strengths are in, <laughs> these are internal strengths and external strengths no they they're, they're changing every day man they're changing every day so we gotta have strategies and that's why i say you know being a situational leader is so critical to organization because it takes a lot of different styles to really get the message across and make things happen. <laughs> right, exactly. So, so so Greg is saying, I was going to ask who is Reverend Power? <laughs> <laughs> so Matthew, when you you came right behind him and you and you and you told him what that was. Uh, yes. next is is harnessing, and this is something I think it's very, very important in today's world. Harnessing your emotional intelligence. Your, yeah. <laughs> your EQ is real important today in yeah. this world because we have so many things going on. And yes. in a culture where we're actually um, uh, fostering the, the culture of transparency and mm -hmm. productivity, 
we have to be because that's what this cancer culture is all about right yeah because yeah. you're not being authentic you're not yeah. tapping in to the needs of the people that you're trying to lead so you everybody have, wants to cancel things yeah so if it and, and you have to lead with humility and and integrity and as greg yeah. said a few minutes ago with respect yeah. You right, have right. to respect the people that you're leading. You yeah. have to have an understanding where are they coming from, right? Yeah. There yeah. is no blanket anything anymore right. because right. all of us are are different. Yeah, mm -hmm. harnessing or <laughs> he said harness <laughs> your emotional unintelligence. <laughs> so, so that is really really important but and you know crystal before you go to the next point i just want to throw this in there real quickly and you know greg just brought mm -hmm. up a good a good point right there a lot of leaders are thrown into leadership position not because they're ready not because they're prepared they just throw in thrown in there because of convenience yes. their convenience or nepotism or something to that effect so that's where the emotional on intelligence comes in because they're not ready for those roles they're not prepared so they don't know how to behave they don't know how to perform so they disrespect their supporters or team members they disrespect disrespect the community their customers they disrespect the the shareholders they disrespect everyone because they're thinking hey i'm an autocratic leader i can do whatever <laughs> right exactly exactly greg yeah I, it, it, hey i'm the leader it's my job yeah I yeah be. it's mine and, and yeah. we saw that in in a previous pre former president <laughs> so so these this is why it's so important that we look at what we saw and go wait a minute do I fit in that category, right? Yeah, you know, am I yeah. am I that un disconnected from the people that I'm leading? And again, it comes back to what's my leadership skills, right? Yeah. When you operate a company, what you were saying earlier, Gilbert, uh, mm -hmm. how you operate a for-profit company is so different than how you operate a nonprofit corp company. Exactly. Because from a nonprofit standpoint emotional connection and, and emotional intelligence is is yeah. probably a priority in it leading. has to be it has it, to be because you're servicing a need right yes. it's you're not about the profit it's about the servicing of the need you're servicing a need and most of your team members or staff are not well paid or properly paid so they're doing <laughs> this out of the goodness of their heart you know they they love the vision they love the mission they love the population they serve so they're doing it because of those things so they're making a lot of sacrifices so as a leader you need to recognize that <laughs> Right, exactly. So definitely different than if coming from a for-profit uh, platform where the ultimate goal is revenue and profits at the end of you know at the end of the year. That is not how you measure. That's not the matrix that you're looking for right. um, in a for in a nonprofit organization. Is mm -hmm. how how based upon our mission and the vision of our organization. How did we measure? that we met those those goals right yeah, so yeah. um were we able to provide the servicing or the the structure that we needed in order to solve the problem that we were addressing right, right. we right. we we do talk about solving a problem in a for profit but it's really the end result is are we solving the problem so that we can make a profit <laughs> yeah 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 
<laughs> and see with a nonprofit, you solve the problems to make sure that your stakeholders are satisfied because you know you got your sponsors you've got your your board of directors who has direct power of firing you as the executive director exactly. they can fire, no matter if you founded the the nonprofit or not they can still fire you you know right exactly so, so those are things leaders need to understand that you know the difference in in organizations you know whether it's a for profit or nonprofit the leadership roles. And I, I wanted to put this question out there to, to some of our listeners and viewers right now. If they thought that a nonprofit leader could run a for-profit organization and vice versa, you know, mm -hmm. can a for-profit leader run a nonprofit organization? I would love to hear from some of uh, our, our viewers out there. And also, uh, and also our number of, um, of, of, of leadership coaches that are out there. I mean, they, they've been in the trenches with some of them and leading and changing. I, we'd love to hear your input as well. So yeah. go over to uh, either one of our social media platforms where this show is streaming and, and, and give us your, your take on uh, some of the topics that we're talking about Um and what you feel because you have an experience and this is what you're doing uh thank you greg uh thank you mr greg <laughs> sorry you have to go you know you are our field correspondent right <laughs> but uh so important um and that brings us to the next one gilbert is uh become a leader that uh uh encourages feedback and then when you get that feedback, make sure um, uh, yeah, he said he'll stay if you have a check for him. We'll, we'll work on that, Greg. <laughs> we'll work on it for you. <laughs> um, and when you get that, uh, your the, the next step is the feedback, making right. sure that when you get that feedback, that you incorporate that feedback in you know, how you're leading your, your stakeholders, right? right. Because, um, but not being afraid to receive feedback on whether right. you're right or you're wrong, or, you know, maybe there was a different direction that you should have taken. I think that right. is really a, a, a great example of being a great leader is that you can admit that you're wrong. And some, some leaders, they tend to chastise the source or the person that providing them the feedback you know they seem to believe hey i'm the king here i'm running this thing you don't tell me you know how you feel or what you think should happen you know right exactly. i make that decision which is yeah, not I'm a the good king way of the hill. yeah i'm the I'm king, the king of, the of the hill which is not a good way to run the organization because again like i say your team members they've got roles they're role players so they're out there in the trenches talking to your constituents talking to your your customers they know what the customers want and what the customers are saying so you I, gotta listen as a leader you have to listen as a leader uh that was one of the i guess the the, the thing that obama did so well was he knew there were areas that he didn't have expertise so he brought in the experts uh right. in those spaces and he stepped out the way and let them do what they needed to do because yeah. he knew he wasn't trying to micromanage it hey exactly. you you're better at this especially his transitional team he would he brought in all the power hitters that mm -hmm. could jump on that could hit the ground running running yeah. day one 
uh, January 16th, after his inauguration, yeah. he had his in, his transitional team that had all of this expertise that he needed in right. order to uh, to do that. And, and Rhonda says, it's critical to have an ear to hear your team and your customers. You have to hear them. Exactly. And for those of you who don't know who Coach Rhonda is, Rhonda is one of the coaches with the Los Angeles Urban League Biz uh, uh, Biz Camp team, and also it's Biz Institute, right? Right. Biz and, Institute. and she coaches these young entrepreneurs, you know, anywhere from eleven to seventeen years old, and she's just phenomenal. She's a phenomenal leader. I love her style. You know, she listens to these kids. You know, make them feel valuable, make them feel important about the suggestions and the ideas they're bringing to 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 uh, to the viewpoint of her. And she also incorporates some of them. And then she explains why she didn't incorporate others, because at that time it may not have been pertinent. However, it could be considered later. And that's the kind of things we want to see in leaders. You know, instead of shutting down someone, oh, that's not a good idea. Get away from here. Just, just let them know, you know, why it may not be able, you may not be able to use it at this time, but it could be used later. Exactly. And I and, and for my uh, experience with Rhonda, because we're partners in uh, running the, the Biz Institute and Biz Camp. And at one point, uh, she ran the Entrepreneurial Center at the Urban League. And I remember mm-hmm. when I first met Rhonda, um, you know, and, and, and pretty much everyone that I partner with has this mentality. So when I met Rhonda, I was introduced through another colleague of mine and, and a situation had taken place where I no longer had a place to uh, tr- uh, do my workshops and training uh, mm-hmm. anymore. So I ran into her at an expo and I said to her, I said, uh, hey, um, Rhonda, uh, I, I need a place to, to train. She goes, okay, no problem. And so she <laughs> says, I said, okay, well, I'll give you a call next week. She goes, no, take out your book right now. Let's select a date and let's make this happen. See? So Rhonda is a make stuff happen kind of that's, person. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Situational Situation. leadership. It, she did it on the spot (laughs) (laughs) no drawn out whatever you know and and this has come up in our partnership on so many occasions that uh she's made that decision right there if i bring it to her she trusts you know that you know we're all on the same page and so she's like okay make it happen well we got an intern that way this summer Uh, i met her i told and the young lady was awesome and i called rhonda and i said rhonda uh we need to interview this young lady. You know, we we need another intern. She'd be absolutely awesome. She says, okay. And so, and I told the young lady, I said, well, let me talk to Miss Rhonda. So when I'm talking to Rhonda on the phone, she calls me, she texts me back. She said, go ahead, make it happen. And <laughs> she, the young lady was awesome because we trust each other's yes. opinions and right. and feedback. And we that's how we operate uh, in, in, and, in running our, the program that we run. And see, she knows your capabilities. She knows your strengths. She knows what you can do. She gives you that autonomy to do your thing, right? Right. And that's the thing about, you know, many leaders, uh, you know, they've got the situational leadership skill. Plus, they also have the reverend power. They know what their their, their role players can do. You see what right. I'm saying? So they just give them the ball and say, hey, go run with it. Make it happen. 
Just show me the happen. results. <laughs> show me the results. Exactly. <laughs> and, 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 and you see that result. So that, yeah. Ms. Rhonda, we didn't lifted you up, my dear. Uh, <laughs> you're awesome. Um, next one is uh, growing tomorrow's leaders. So today is so important that we, and this is for our small business community more so than anything else, is yes. All the work you put into growing, developing, and investing in your business. Mm -hmm. You don't want the time to come when it's time for you to retire that you have not developed your employees as a part of your secession plan. Right. So important that you're identifying individuals that can take the lead and you can step back our for-profits, our non-profits, we all have to look at who is going to be the successor, not hanging on so tight that we think, <laughs> you're so welcome, that you mm -hmm. think that you're developing a new leader is a infringement on your leadership and your right. focus. You want, you're developing this person to take over for you, mm -hmm. to continue on what you've built to make sure that it is it doesn't die when you retire right or or even operate in your absence so you yes. know like for example you're going to be gone for a week right so you know having that person in your absence picking up and and, and taking where you left off and making things happen that's what effective leadership is all about Right. You know, not, so. not to not to say I'm keeping this all to myself. I don't want you to learn my secrets. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so, right. And as as Rhonda said, it you have to be able to take a a vacation. You have yeah. to be able to take time out to rejuvenate and and reactivate your passion. Yeah. You can't do that if you don't if you don't empower someone to right. stand in your place run your program your business while you take time out to rejuvenate refresh and come back more powerful than you were that's so important as 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 a leader so yes Rhonda, you're absolutely right so <laughs> this is amazing because you know it's just so appropriate that we have someone like Rhonda here that we can speak about because she's been a leader for a long time in this organization, you know, that she serves and she's humble. She's just humble. You know, she, she's quiet. She walks softly, but she carries a big stick because <laughs> <laughs> whenever she speaks, people listen, you right. know, she doesn't speak a lot, doesn't speak much, but when she does speak, they listen. And that's the sign of great leadership right there. Exactly. And the next one is near and dear to you and I, Gilbert, is mm -hmm. investing in your capabilities. One of the things I have, a I have multiple friends that are in the leadership coaching space yeah. and they are just doing bang up business right now because yeah. most of the leaders did not know how to make that pivot. Yeah. And so, and how to develop these new skills. So how do you develop this strategy, guys? You invest in uh, leadership or coaching from professionals that can help you help you get there. It's like, you know, if you need to learn how to self-confidence or how to 
embrace your power and your special talents, we usually go to a psychologist or someone yeah. that can help coach us to that place, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing here. As Gilbert just said earlier, not everybody's born a leader. Sometimes right. you find yourself in that position. So right. if you do find yourself in that position, then it's really, really important to find someone to help you develop your leadership skills. That's right. That is true. That yeah. Is true. So uh, uh, leadership coaching has the power to support uh, your employees and also providing that uh, if you have identified some employees that you want to be able to take over for you or to take over or to stand in for you, you have to get provide them with the with the skill sets to do that. Yeah. And also, you know, just the fact that investing in technology, investing in things that can help enhance your skills, you've got to do that as leaders because you don't want to show up at a summit, a conference or an event with all the leaders. And they are so far ahead of the game that you, you are playing catch up and you don't even know some of the things they're talking about. Or you're talking to some of your uh, your, your your shareholders or, or, or customers. And you have no clue what they're talking about because you're not engaging in the in, in the uh, development of technology. You're not building your capabilities. You know the strengths that you have. You know the skills you bring to the table. All of those things are things you need to work on and keep them sharp and ready. Exactly. Um, and the next step, uh, number six, is uh, nurturing uh, your employees' well-being. And it falls right back up there with that emotional intelligence, knowing that the better equipped your team is and your employees are, and the more that they feel that they're, they're part of an inclusive workplace. And that will also be number uh, eight, is making sure you have an inclusive workplace. Yeah. If they feel that this is a a happy, safe place for them to work, they mm -hmm. will step up and do the best of the best of the best. Yes. If you create a hostile, um, hostile, uh, toxic work environment, you're mm -hmm. going to get that back in return. You, what right. you put in is what you get out. Right. Exactly. So, so knowing, uh, nurturing, and, and sometimes it might require you having to learn how to do that. Yes. And, and Rhonda added, when you provide them with the tools also to give them the authority. I am all about self-empowerment, yep. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because think of it, we can't do it all. We only have at least eight hours in the day. And there, we have so many demands pulling us in so many different directions. So as leaders, you know, you got to delegate. And delegate, uh, while you're delegating, you delegate authority as well. So that's right. really what that's all about. Thank you for that, Rhonda. Yes, thank you. And number seven, roll like a crew. So uh, it's uh, not just uh. about you. It is about your team and yeah. you and the team and making sure that everybody's uh, important or feel important uh, mm -hmm. in the process, um, encouraging them, rewarding them for their sacrifice so that uh, it is all for the benefit of the whole team and the business, and you will see the results. Companies right. that work that way, uh, and you will see the growth just from the mere fact that there's not this person up here, and, and there's a hierarchy where other people feel that, number eight, that they're not working 
in a inclusive um uh inclusive um a, a, a workplace that's really important in today's world you know nothing makes a person or a team member feel included other than making them an effective role player you let them know what their roles are and let them know that without those roles this team wouldn't be whole it wouldn't be solid so you have to do that so when you generate that inclusive workplace you're letting folks know listen your contributions to this team is most valuable we love what you're bringing to this table and we love what you're responsible for so let's get your contributions in there and let's get some result let's get some productivity going so that's how we want to look at those things as leaders and also gilbert it starts at the onboarding process yeah making sure that and we've all been in this situation where uh the onboarding process did not go the way it should have making right. sure welcoming that the whole team is welcoming everybody knows what their role is yeah. no one's feeling threatened that you're bringing in someone to replace them um and that the person that you're bringing in that that person embodies the skill sets you need to achieve the the ultimate goals that you're looking for and the outcomes right. that you're looking for right, so right. Uh, onboarding, you know, I hear, you know, I hear people, especially in today's age, uh, day's world where finding that right employee is, is become a challenge, right? Yeah. So I always go is what are you looking for in this employee? <laughs> right. You know, what do you need them to do? And are you going to train them properly so that they can deliver the outcome that you're looking for? Because right. most em employers don't hire like that they right. you know especially if they don't have an hr department mm -hmm. they just oh you are a warm breathing body mm -hmm. <laughs> they it, take they take the word of a friend of a friend of a friend <laughs> <laughs> right exactly and then when that person doesn't do what you're looking for then they have a problem with you yes. and 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 they blame it on the person when it's not the person's fault it's your mm -hmm. fault because right. you didn't hire the right person in the first place. And then you didn't create an inclusive environment for them to walk into because they felt they they you know they they someone in the in the group is feeling threatened by them being there. And number 9 in this new strategy you guys are going to build build is um making sure you embody uh embed practices and um everyone knows what their responsibilities are and everyone knows what methodologies you need in order to get to that don't just let, assume people know don't leave anything to guesswork make sure you establish the practices that you want to be displayed in your business and we tell our business owners you know that's part of the vision statement right is these are these this is what we're trying to do and this is where we're going to go with this so make sure you understand as an employee coming into this workplace this is our goals yes yes i agree i totally agree totally and then, agree. you got one more there huh one more the last one <laughs> is remember the lessons to all of the other nine <laughs> strategic, i love that is remember your lessons don't walk away um and forget all that you've gone through whatever the experiences have been 
uh, remember what they are, remember where you were before and um, don't overlook and don't be unprepared. Yeah. Preparedness is really, really key. And again, we've seen that in, during the pandemic where many of our small businesses were not ready. So as a result of them not being ready with their paperwork and readiness within the organization, they missed out on a lot of loans, a lot, a lot of um, grants and uh, any type of opportunity that came up. So please, guys, make Anything sure... <laughs> right. So so we're going to say this, too, before we close out for today. Uh, remember what happened in 2020. Remember yeah. how you felt when you couldn't get the resources that you needed because you mm -hmm. were not you were not uh, business ready. And 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 for in, in, in the case of being contract ready and bank loan ready, make sure you learn from those lessons. Know what you need so that when you go uh, to to uh, to a, apply for a grant or apply for a contract, um, apply for a loan, you know exactly what needs to be in place to make sure that the outcome is going to be what you expect. So uh, right, that's exactly. your job as an effective leader of your business, even if you lead in just yourself. <laughs> I love it. I love it, co-host. I love it. So we touched on some great points here today in leadership and we're hoping that at least one of you out there listening uh, this makes some sense to you it will make you reevaluate and look at your current system and want to take a shot at this now this information is going to be posted it's, it's live right now it's on youtube linkedin and facebook yes. so you can just go there and uh you can copy the link and and save it and we are streaming live right now. So, uh, and we want your feedback, guys. So go over to either one of our platforms. We are streaming live on Facebook. We're streaming live on YouTube. And to, as of today, we're streaming live on LinkedIn. So wow. put your content, content in. I'm going to go back and, 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 and Gilbert and I and, and encourage more conversation on either one of those platforms. We'd mm -hmm. love to hear from you. If yeah. you need a business coach, then reach out to our, either one of us. We're here for you. Um, if you want some referrals to uh how to become a better leader then reach out to us and we'll make that happen so with yeah. that gilbert are we are concluding our day yeah definitely i'm putting my phone number in the chat so if they want to give me a call and i want to put yours in there as well all right so, so i got coach gilbert in there now i'll put coach crystal Going on here, oh. <laughs> I see Coach Gilbert. So, and with that, guys, we want um, we want to make sure you guys have a healthy and happy uh, Labor Day weekend. It is. What's your contact number, Coach? Uh, two uh, uh, uh three two three, four four seven seven two seven two. Okay, so folks, remember if you want to reach out to any one of us. Uh, myself, Coach Gilbert Buchanan, or you want to reach out to Coach Crystal, then this is our number right here, and my number is here as well. You guys can copy this link, copy everything about it in the chat, and uh, be prepared for our next show, which is next week, next week, Friday at 3 o'clock. And we're here every week. This is the Business Zone with Crystal and Gilbert, 
And we're always here trying to provide advice and support services to every small business, small and micro. We want to get you guys ready. We want you guys to start bidding on contracts instead of doing that transactional business. We want you to start seeking out grants instead of that transactional business you've been doing. We want you to be prepared to go after lines of credit to run your business instead of what those other entities been giving you. So despite that, you'll see that this will be a better deal for you guys. Check it out. That's all we ask. Check it out. Right. So great show today, Gilbert, on, on um, what makes a great leader in a world that is completely chaotic today. Um, yeah. So you guys can go back, check it out, and give us your input. You have, may have a different uh, uh, version or a different input, and we welcome that. So let's keep the conversation going on. It's so important to be successful in this life that, and to be a good leader, to make sure you have all the tools that it takes to make that happen. And we lead even from a small place, and it doesn't have to be leading a big corporation. We all are leaders at, at some at some point or in some aspect of our lives. So uh, be that inspirational leader, be that respectful leader, and be that leader that can empower other people to reach their greatness. That's what we do as business coaches every day. So we want to thank you guys for joining us today. We want to thank our guests and our, our contributors, Ms. Rhonda Sander, uh, Hobart and uh, Mr. Gregory Sneed, who's gone uh, for the day. Thank you guys and we will see you next week you guys try to stay cool because it's hot i'm hot right now <laughs> i need to go get some cold water and uh we will see you all next week we ready to rock and rock it out of here gilbert for sure we're out all right as a small biz pro i saw we roll using procurement program and control as a small biz pro i saw we grow using procurement program and control I'm a business man, yes I'm an entrepreneur